Aaron, Sean McVay just tapped me on the shoulder. He wanted to know if you were interested in running it back. Run it back! 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 Give it up for Aaron Donald! What a stud! Everything! We, we, we built the super team. We can bring the super team back. Why not run it back? We could be world champions. Yeah! Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by Expand the Box Score. Check out Expand the Box Score. Use the promo code 40. Get four days free advanced stats. Um, check them out. Uh, so what we're doing today is part two of what we did last week, where we kind of did a positional draft last week. We did quarterbacks, which is nice and clean. We did 32, a little bit more than that. A couple backups got mixed in there, but 32 teams, 32 starters. It's pretty easy today. We're going to be doing running backs. So there is a little wiggle room here. I mean, most teams have a a one, a and one B or a definite one, two punch. There's a couple teams, not so much as others. Some guys have three guys in the mix. So it's a little uh, going to be a little different than we did with quarterbacks. Should be interesting though. And again, this isn't rankings. We're just drafting like it's a running back only draft. Um, you know, walks in some guys higher than me. I'm going to have some guys higher than him. But that's how it's going to shake out. So walk. How are you doing? And you are first one up. I'm doing fantastic. And I'll tell you what, what, what made my weekend last weekend was a DM from Sam Darnold himself, who personally thanked me for taking him at pick 35 and not letting him go entirely undrafted in our, our quarterback segment last week. So it was a, it was, it was a pretty good feeling you know, that I made, made young Sam Darnold's weekend by letting, not letting him go totally undrafted as currently a starting quarterback in the NFL. But now this is a far more dynamic than quarterbacks. Uh, probably one of the more interesting, I'm going to say, and before we get through every one of them. I don't think tight end are going to blow our minds. And receivers are interesting, but receiver gets deep. Running back gets muddy as shit after yeah. probably like the top. I think 20s probably even a little generous. So I'm excited to get into this before we went live. Talked about how I have one again, and you said, well, you're going to have one for every one of these because I'm not going to change the sheet. And anyone <laughs> that knows you just knows how wonderful that statement is uh, unto itself. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that I'm unhappy with getting the first pick in this draft. And while there is a history associated with running backs not going back to back RB ones overall, there's no way I'm not taking Jonathan Taylor here. 23 years old, run first offense, probably more consistency at the quarterback position with Matt Ryan, maybe even a little better, you know, kind of screen game associated with Matt Ryan, who really does like to utilize his running backs out of the backfield. Still high-quality offensive line. I think they're the best team in their division. It just sets up well for another high-touch, highly productive Jonathan Taylor season. So taking JT 101. You know, it's funny. I I didn't even think of him, which is pretty bizarro because, yeah, he's the obvious number one. Uh, I am going with... At the number two pick, someone whose name I cannot find because <laughs> I'm an epic failure here. But I'm going to go with Mr. Derek Henry as soon as I can find wow. him. Wow. Uh, you know, we do like 
to kind of be a little more dynasty here, but this is obviously a little more redraft centric than usual. I'm not scared of the injuries. I, I think they may be compiling, but from what we know, he's been pretty durable until last year. And you're just not going to beat the volume this guy sees week in and week out. So for me, give me Derrick Henry. I, I, it's shocking. Uh, I'm going to start with because one, I'm assuming we're doing PPR here, but I get where you're going. We, just for anyone that doesn't recall last week's episode, this is just for the 2022 season. And we just went with the, the AFC South backs du jour. And I did just see Derek Henry running zigzag up a hill, still a human beast of a man. So I assume that foot is largely okay, or he wouldn't be putting such torque on it, but he would not have been mine there. So I give you credit for taking a already 28 year old Derek Henry, who up until last year was super healthy and he got hurt last year. I'm still, I'm still a little sketchy even in the redraft world, but I mean, he's clearly an RB one. So kudos to you for, for pulling that trigger. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take what was the perennial RB one for the last several seasons who just can't find a way to stay healthy himself. Oh, and I am going to go take one, just Mr. White chocolate himself, Christian McCaffrey, no offense to Jason Williams and just keep my fingers crossed and my eyes closed for health. Like you said, with Derrick Henry, where this isn't for dynasty anymore. This is for redraft. And he was far and away the RB one for what two, two seasons ago. I mean, and yeah. he created a tier that had not been seen in years. And I do still think he has that ability. So Christian McCaffrey running back three, not coincidentally, uh, we went with three guys who had super low-ranked quarterbacks, and I think it's kind of connected. Don't disagree. Don't disagree. <clears throat> so I'm gonna I'm gonna shake it up here with pick oh, number four. Shake. I'm gonna go with a guy who's in my mind just every year RB four. Never gonna crack, <laughs> crack that top three, but damn good and always gonna nah, be an RB one. Give me Austin Eckler. Yep. Your man, Austin Eckler, who. And I haven't seen this, but I've heard it enough times now to believe that it's true, has literally come out and said, I need help at the running back position. I don't want all this work. Give me all this high value stuff, but don't don't like that at all. Don't you? Yeah, I I mean, I'm surprised. You know, but he doesn't want to be, he's not a 20 carry guy. I mean, he's not built for that. You know, and he wants to sustain in the NFL a little longer. So he also is coming up on a contract. So it makes total sense where he's trying to unburden a bit. Already 27 years old. You're clearly going for the elder running backs in this 2022 draft, and, and I appreciate you for it. So no knock, and one of those two at least is your guy. But I'm just going to continue just checking it down the list, and I am going to go with, and this might be a slight bit of surprise to most. It shouldn't be really a surprise to you because we're bypassing a, a name that I think most people would probably think would have been said by now. But I'm going with – Mr. Yoked Up himself, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> Not yoked as his dad. Listen, that's impossible. <clears throat> True story. That man is a Derrick Henry of yoked dads. But his kids finally got in the weight room with him because I saw a visor picture with the guns out, and I'm in. That's it. <laughs> Gone. DeAndre Swift season. They finally got some decent run- wide receivers there. They have a high-quality offensive line. Goff isn't the, a world beater, but he can facilitate an offense. 
ideal conditions inside Ford Field. I, I'm really all in on DeAndre Swift's season this year because Jamal Williams doesn't scare me. Those other scrubs don't scare me. A healthy DeAndre Swift can vie for RB1 overall. I'm having a tough time for number six here between two guys. Do I want to go <laughs> with the guy I've seen? I got a theme. I'm going a little older, so I guess I'm going stick to it. You are going to be happy with this one, I think. Give me Joe Mixon. Uh, yeah. I don't love Joe Mixon, but I do like what I saw from that offense a year ago. They have three wide receivers you have to account for. Uh, I think, uh, what's his name? That red-haired devil at tight end they got. Hurst. Oh, Hayden Hurst. Hayden yes, Hurst. Uh, I think he's more than capable as a tight end. Teams have to worry about those other guys in, in Mixon. I think he had a, had a nice year last year, and I think he's going to have a nice year again. Yeah, Joe Mixon, my spirit animal, clearly. Indeed. Mighty Joe Young. Yeah, he's he's just engine in that offense. Dude. And I, I think it goes largely kind of and under his the depth radar. Chart sucks and they did nothing no the same guys samaji p ryan bum gonna get hurt chris evans never gonna take work off of joe mixon's plate he is just a breather back change of pace guy he's just somebody terrible and too i can't remember who the fuck it is yeah so yet somehow lesser than those two names so yeah joe mixon alone at the top yet again in an ascending offense that's whose offensive line got better this yeah. offseason. Yeah. That's another part that everyone was talking about how it's going to help Joe Barrow. It's going to fucking help Joe Mixon too. Right? I mean, well, they brought in Elijah Holyfield. <laughs> they brought in <laughs> some yeah. team, right? 2.0. <laughs> they did. Uh, all right. They have a type there in, uh, in bad. <laughs> bad is the type. Yeah. Well, so it, it, it's good for Joe Mixon owners. Correct. So that's a, uh, I'm happy there. So this is a name that probably should have went by now. And so I don't know why I can't find him. So uh, I almost went with him at five. And I was, but I was willing to, six. I, I was willing to miss him. Najee Harris. Um, little uncertainty under center. What I am certain of is I don't think any of those guys is going to be worse than Big Ben was last year. Nope. So even if it's Mason Rudolph, who I just read, <laughs> thinks he has a shot to start Get this year, which is laughable. Get out of here. You might not make the team. I mean, why are you going to carry him as your QB three? You know, you draft, they drafted two quarterbacks this year. Drafted. They took another guy like a day three. Mason Rudolph isn't even making this team. They're going to keep Mitchell Trubisky and they're going to have Kenny Pickett. Either one of those two is going to find a friend in Najee Harris. So I will gladly take him at running back seven. Yeah, I was going back and forth with him at six. So, yeah, I mean they're they're right there. They're both. Think, yeah, I'm weapons. assuming this five, six, seven is the same for us, right? It's Swift, Mixon, and Harris. Whatever order you want them, those are mine. Yeah, if you would have taken Harris, I certainly would have taken Mixon um, at seven. It's just the, it's the AFC North, right? Sure. And these are the the bell cows with the receiving profile in that division. So, all right, pick number eight. Give me my man, playoff Lenny oh, wow. Leonard Fournette. I think he's in line for a, a big season. I mean, they they brought in Rashad White, who we both like. You know, Keyshawn Vaughn has not done anything in his short career in the NFL. And, you know, this is what we thought a year ago, which we were right for a couple weeks. The, Brady's last dance, Brady trusts him. He gets involved in the pass game. He gets a, plenty of running work. I, I love Fournette in general, and this year I really like him. All right, it's a quick tangent. I know we said we're not going to do this early. I did not expect Leonard Fournette to go eighth. So 
and, and while no argument to your rationale, <laughs> any concern, right? So we knew Ronald Jones was never taking receiving work from Leonard Fournette. They brought in Gio Bernard last year. I think they wanted him to be more involved in that pass game. He couldn't stay healthy. And then they go and use day two capital on Rashad White, who is arguably the best pass catching back in this class and has the size. I'm a little concerned. It won't happen early. And yes, it's last year of Brady, but I could see Rashad White eating off Lenny's plate more than those other backs did in the last year plus in this offense. I think it's one of those situations where, yeah, he might lose a handful of receptions and, and it's the yardage that goes along with it. But it's almost one of those, you know, efficiency things where a guy's super efficient, he loses more work, but gets more quality work. If they take him off the field and, and third downs a bit more to, to rest him and keep him healthy, I think that just means he gets more goal line work and more more rushing work. So, I, I mean, obviously, PPR, you're losing those receptions, which count, but, you know, maybe maybe there's a equivalent uptick in rushing touchdowns that we see because he's not on the field as much on third down. Okay. I go by that. And he also got hurt last year too, which is a little ding in him at, at this point in his career. He's a 27 year old back as well. So you are really buying in to this. By the way, narrative. the 27 thing, do you remember like a month or two ago, all over Twitter, people are like, man, running backs are getting old and these guys all suck. And then a couple people were, arguing the opposite case, which is running backs used to be good till they were 30. Like we're so used to getting these guys one contract and then 25 kicking them out. But a lot of the guys in recent years have sucked. There, there's some other 20. When we did the uh, running back thing a while ago, we were going through their ages and we're like another 26 year old, another 27 year old. There's a huge chunk of guys that happen to be that age and they're all still relatively good. I mean, Zeke's right in that age group. So's Aaron Jones. You just said relatively good, and then you said Zeke. So I'm gonna have to stop you there. I mean, that he's that probably gonna cool. be off the board by 16, which is top half. Ah, he won't be for me. So <laughs> you, better, you better take him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I'm not as scared away by these 26, 27 year olds. Not like they're 32. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and for this season, sure. And if you're win now, make the move for him because they're more than likely to get the the lion's share of the work than any of these younger guys. I'm with you. And, you know, maybe it's just a world where because running backs aren't getting paid anymore. I mean, I don't think they ever got paid before, but now they're trying to command bigger deals and they're getting recycled sooner. So that's why we want first contract guys because there's so much uncertainty after that. So talking about first contract guys, I'm going to go with a very, very big, I'm a very big fan uh, of this player. And Melvin Gordon resigning did nothing for me. No, no I am it. all over Javante Williams' breakout season. The just 22-year-old running back in a Russell Wilson-led offense is going to do big things this year. I was not going to let him go a pick further than this. The What's that coach's name? What? Pick it. Pick it. Pick it. Yeah, he scares the shit out of me. That guy's a running back by committee guy from back in the day. That's his thing. So bringing Melvin Gordon in actually combined with Pickett dings him a little bit for me. Listen, I mean, you're talking I, old. Melvin Gordon's 29. He, he He's looking down on all these other guys you drafted already. Like 
son, let me tell you about the good old days of the running back yes. division. That dude's done. <laughs> he's like a five to seven touch guy. He's spelling Javante Williams. That's it. You can RBBC it all you want. Javante Williams is going to get the value. All right. Number 10, top 10 wrapping up here. I'm oh! with Nick Chubb, who, man, talent through the, through the stratosphere. The only thing that sucks is they just don't force feed him volume in the running game or the passing game. But I'm going to bet on the upside. And I mean, Talent-wise, I would argue he is as good or better pure running back than any of the guys we've even taken ahead of him. Uh, Hopefully, the presence of Watson opens up the running game a little bit for him. But uh, this is maybe wishful thinking, but, man, do I love Nick Chubb, and I can't let him slip out of the top ten. I'd cry. Yeah, I mean, just every time we talk with Nick Chubb, we just say, right, best pure runner in the game right now. Uh, he'll never he, he, he will never get the receiving <laughs> work. Fucking Browns are awful. And he certainly won't get it again this year with Kareem Hunt still in town. But if he could just find his way to like three targets per game, I mean, the dude could be a, a world beater. So it's because he has 20 rushing touchdown upside. Did you say two catches? Yeah, yeah three <laughs> targets, two catches. That's fine. Yeah, 66% receiving. Give me two catches for 15 yards, something like that. Just Just bump that PPR total up. You know, that three and a half points. So RS3, yeah. you don't you don't have to be a world beater. You just have to you just have to <laughs> just give us a little bit. That's a, you know, it's another 35 yards rushing. I mean, that's wow. just so huge in this world we live in. But still, no no issue with the player there. I just the still limited upside. So this is a guy I've been thinking about for a few picks now, honestly. And because we are in 2022 season. Here I go, dipping my toe in the fountain of old. And it's <laughs> Dalvin Cook, not going to get out of the top 12 players. He is still the man in Minnesota. I'm interested to see what that offense looks like, finally, out of the tyranny of Mike Zimmer, who was very run-centric, which benefited Cook. Cook's also very pro- proven as an adept pass catcher, just can't stay healthy. And they have a stable of backs there. Now they just drafted Ty Chandler again this year. They still have Alexander Madison. They got Keenan Wangu a year earlier. I mean, they're, they're preparing for games without Dalvin cook already. And that's its own concern, but talent wise, he's, he's a top six running back. As far as fantasy is concerned, health is the only reason I think that he's, that I just got him at running back 11. All right, to wrap up our top 12, a favorite of the program, Mr. Aaron Jones. Um, I think A.J. Dillon, kind of the opposite of Fournette, I think A.J. Dillon ends up taking more running work than we want from Aaron Jones, comma, however, (laughs) comma, I think he gets an obscene amount of targets this year. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has nobody that he trusts anymore. Good good luck to Mr. Alan Lazard. But I think Aaron Jones, whether he wants to or not, is going to get peppered with balls this year. And I, I think if Dylan comes in and steals a bunch of the running work, I don't think it even matters because I think Jones is going to catch a shit ton of balls. I wouldn't be shocked if he got 60 receptions this year. No, I'd probably be shocked if he didn't. Yeah. Honestly. And I'm right there with you. I was looking at those same <laughs> NFC North backs. And the A.J. Dillon factor is the only reason that I prioritize Cook over Aaron Jones, even in PPR. But I'm I'm prepping 
for a, a huge PPR season <sighs> from Aaron Jones. Sixty's only three and a half a game. Yeah, sixty's low. Yeah, I mean it's 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 getting easier and easier. I mean, I don't know what his career high was. He's never been laden, but he's had stretches like they, there's all oh, these yeah. non um, Devontae Adams stretches where he was seeing like eight to ten targets in games. Yeah, so and he's you, you, good after the catch. He's good everywhere. Let's, let's yeah. not just pigeonhole the after the catch. He's good before the catch. He's good during That's the catch. Good. He's good after the catch. He's good running. Yeah. He's even good on the sideline in that sombrero and visor. Oh. The guy's just good. Yeah. I mean, just call it what it is. Yeah. Had an 11 target game last year in week eight, seven for 51 receiving. Had multiple six target games on the year. He caught 52 passes last year. On 65 oh. targets. I mean, Frig, 70 plus. I think we should, be, yeah. we should be actually looking at for him. Yeah. So real quick, before you make pick number 13, just to give the top 12 here, kind of that RB1 territory, yeah. we went Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Leonard Fournette, Javante Williams, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, and Aaron Jones. So starting this RB2 tier walk, where are you going? All right, this uh, is going to be met with some uncertainty, but I'm still going to do it, all right, because it's it's time to do it. And it's 100% predicated on pending legal issues for uh, Mr. That's Alan where I was, Leonard. too. That's right? my next pick. So, fine. Top, you know, lucky number 13 for Alvin Kamara. I mean, didn't what he did happen in Vegas? It only makes sense that I took him at 13 and I'm just going to steal directly from our boy Debro over at fantasy pros here last year and just read a quick blurb last year. Alvin Kamara showed no signs of slowing down, logging his first 200 plus carry season in his six full games with Jameis Winston under center. He was the RB five in fantasy averaging 23.5 touches and 5.5 targets, which was a 26.4 target share over that span. He was a seventh <clears throat> in targets and six in receiving yards among all running backs. Okay. Sure. That's, yeah. Give me Alvin Kamara, running back 13. Yeah, I, I've been looking at him my last couple picks. And the only I thing heard, that I haven't heard a peep about what's going on with him. I mean, it just came out today that uh, Judy's not getting charged with his case, which I don't think anyone thought he was the way that progressed. But, but the NFL yeah. also doesn't care. The NFL also doesn't I mean, care. Got it. Zeke never got in trouble. <laughs> uh, he got suspended. But no, he never got in trouble legally. Oh, yeah, but he got suspended. So you're right. That's what I mean. Uh, so uh, the NFL doesn't care that he got cleared. Got it. Speaking to Judy, or if Kamara gets cleared, like, look, conduct detrimental to the right. shield. Yeah. So they update on the Kamara. This was, that was 16 weeks ago. I mean, goodness gracious. Seems like a lifetime. But yeah. still taking him. Let's win. Yeah. It, I, I would have had him higher if there was just yeah. some more. I, I wanted to see more of Winston, so I need to know what that offense looks like. All hey, right, listen. Well, and offense should be better. They really focused on actually getting sure. some offense in that offense rather than <laughs> having Sean Payton scheme everything up. That should actually open things up for Kamara. Yeah. All right, number 14, another one of our nope. favorites here. I went Antonio Gibson. I think uh, McKissick coming back is the big ding on him. I don't think Robinson – uh, is a threat to any work for Gibson. I, I I think last year, as a fantasy owner, and I'm sure as the the Redskins last year, football team, the football team, now commanders, uh, week in and week out, every week going into the game, not knowing if this guy's going to play. I mean, he was injured, I think, 
fucking week two through the <laughs> through week <laughs> seventeen, and and he was a game time decision in a big chunk of those. And you're like, oh, oh, broken broken shin or whatever it was. Great, let's see if he can play on it. He only missed the game. I mean, so I I think. I think Washington was just really spooked by that and didn't like knowing they had a reliable backup. And I, and I think that's what uh, Robinson's role is going to be. He's his true backup. If Gibson does get hurt, they know they have somebody they could kind of plug in there, but they must not have trusted Jared Patterson. And, and McKissick has the role that he had last year. But Gibson's two years in the league, two top 10 fantasy finishes, 14 might be too low when we look back at this uh you know, in a year from now. We love Antonio Gibson. I mean, the dude really didn't become a running back until he got to the NFL. So yeah. let's just maintain a slight bit of perspective on this kid. But I stood terrified with what they've done. They they made it a priority to sign Jamie McKissick after they didn't even offer him a deal. So I guess they just thought he was going to get a cold market out there. So they had, to, they had to hurry up and meet Buffalo's demands. They should have just let him go and – let Antonio Gibson at least absorb all that pass catching work. And then Brian Robson's an Alabama running back. He's going to get touches. So little concerned. And then Ron Rivera won't stop talking about like the Carolina Panthers rushing offense from the early two thousands or whatever it was, the 2010s, whenever D'Angelo Williams and uh, Jonathan Stewart, Jonathan Stewart were there, but nonetheless, the talent should win out. That dude was a warrior last year, you know, stretch fracture of his shin out there every week, just getting battered and bruised and still putting up fantasy production for us ungrateful sons a of dog shit team on a dog <laughs> shit team on top of it. So kudos to you, Antonio Gibson and, and good for you for getting them upside and in running back 14. So, all right, this is now we're getting, getting, this is getting interesting now. It is. And <laughs> I had a name in mind and I don't know, maybe I'm playing a little chicken. I don't think you're going to take the guy that I was thinking of. So I'm going to go with the other guy and, and, play it out a little bit for a guy that if not now, when if not in mighty home teams division, where if not with Brian Daybold, who Saquon Barkley two years removed from the injury at this point in time, still has bell cow back potential in what has to be a better offense. It just has to be with Daybold there. I just got that cesspool of shit off the sidelines <laughs> that was just dragging everything down. I think we're going to see top 10 Saquon Barkley again this year. And even if it's just, you're just utilization based, he's going to get there via volume because Matt Breda and I don't even know who the other running back is there. And then the kid, they undrafted Jay Sean Corbin. There's just nothing else in that backfield whatsoever. So, Give me Saquon, RB15. And now the precarious running back 16 spot where you made a comment early on when we, earlier when we were recording. <laughs> oh, I did like Nostradamus, it. it has come true. Yeah, there were uh, – I may have let him go for a couple other guys that I was thinking back and forth on. But similar to where, where this all started, I mean, another guy in that 27-year-old-ish range – um, you know, last year he looked like shit and then it came out towards the end that he had a pretty significant knee thing from like week two or week three that lingered all year. Um, the offense runs through him as much as we both love Tony Pollard. They're not giving him nearly as much work as he deserves or what Mike McCarthy's history would lead you to believe. So unless Zeke comes out early and looks totally washed, I, I, I think 
they force feed Zika for another season. I mean, they're they're paying them like it. They might as well abuse them. Yeah, I mean, we, we're both Tony Pollard believers here. <laughs> and while there's not going to be a paradigm shift, you were talking earlier about Hackett splitting a baby. Well, that's a Mike McCarthy tendency. I think Pat Hackett picked that up during his Green Bay McCarthy days if there was an overlap there. I know Hackett was there recently. I don't know if he was there during the, the Mike McCarthy era. He's bounced around a little bit, but you're going to lose work. And where is Tony Pollard going to pick that up? A lot in the receiving game. Yeah, You're going to say that Elliott's like a plus pass blocker and stuff like that. So be it, but he's nothing after the catch. So Pollard has to see more touches this year. I am – I am not an Ezekiel Elliott owner anywhere. I am not an Ezekiel Elliott fan anywhere because I'm an Eagles fan. I think he's – I think this is it, man. I do. He, he, he's a guy where you're – he has to die on your roster. I have, yeah, one, yeah, yeah, I have yeah. one team with him, and, yeah, the, the trade offers you get are just – I'll give you 210 and a 2024 fifth, and you're like, wow. I'd yeah, rather, you've, you've, I'd rather you've, keep him. Yeah, you've missed that window. Yeah, now it's sunset time. Yeah, you're just tied to Ezekiel Elliott, and you just hope he can give you running back two production at this point in time. So this is a uh, this is where we've where we've come to. So glad that you were a man of your word and took him. I, I really didn't think you were going to take him when push came to shove. But it's time to break the seal on the. AFC South. I'm sorry, West. What am I doing? Making up directions. East. NFC. <laughs> sorry. I'm not even in the right conference at this point in time. I, I'm going to take the defending Super Bowl champion, LA Rams, starting running back, Cam Akers. He didn't, he looked terrible in the playoffs, but he played in them. And that's probably good enough at this point. Sony Michelle is gone to wallow away in obscurity in Miami's muddled backfield. And only Daryl Henderson's there to really take any touches from Akers. I have a slight concern with Whitworth retiring, that there's some instability on the line. But you know they're going to feed Akers so long as he's healthy this year. So I'll take the volume of Cam Akers in that Rams offense. And my apologies to the NFC West. He was uh, he was one of the names I was debating over Zeke. Him, Zeke, and uh, the guy I'm picking here at 18, Elijah Mitchell. Um you know, the, you want Niners running backs. As of today, he is their lead back. Um, had a had a pretty productive year last year when everyone else was hoping for some Trey Sermon action. But uh, yeah, I, we both like Mitchell as another one of our guys. I, I seem to have cornered the market on fantasy forty favorites so far. <laughs> but, you have, uh, yeah. So I'm happy to get Mitchell. I mean, another guy, eighteen. I wouldn't be shocked if he finishes top 12, even though I know they like to spread the ball around a little too much for our liking for fantasy, but even on fewer touches, he's been productive. So give me Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. I mean, everyone wants to do the San Fran running backs. Haven't gone back to back or Shanahan running backs. Haven't gone back to back. Well, it, this is an assuming health situation because he's by far the best running back on their team. I mean, he, they've yeah. already shelved Trey Sermon. They, yeah, they use premium capital on Tyrion Davis Price, but I think that was more of a Trey Sermon thing. Rick Mosett's finally out of town. He was probably the biggest competition, and he got hurt early last year and would have been a year older if he stayed. And then what, Jeff Wilson? Jamichael Hasty? Come on. I mean, Elijah Mitchell just needs to stay healthy to see 250 touches in the Shanahan offense, and he gets that. He's going to pay dividends on this 
18 ranking. So I'm right there with you. So let's just stay in the NFC West. I'm, I'm on top of things now, John. I, I know my divisions. I'm going to stick to them uh, at this point in time. And I'm going to take a guy that in a dynasty league with you, I drafted over Leonard Fournette, who you took all the way up at what? Running back eight. And I'm going to take James Conner at running back 19. Yeah, they brought in Darren Williams. Yeah, they drafted Keontae. Heavy Conner. None of that just changes anything with me that so long as he's on the field, he's going to see the lion's share of the volume in this Arizona offense that I think is going to be pretty peculiar early on. They they sank first pick capital, not first round because they didn't have one. First pick cap. Yeah, they did. I guess they traded it. For uh, Hollywood Brown, the first rookie they drafted was uh, Trey McBride. They already have Zach Ertz there, so are they going to go more twelve <clears> personnel <throat> and focus on the run game rather than the spread out offense? That could be the to the benefit of a James Conner. So, all the way down at running back nineteen for a guy that was a top five running back last year, and I think his situation only got better. I'll take the value of James Conner. Boy, oh boy, we are getting into decision making phase here. Pick twenty. I am. Ooh, there's like a couple I'm looking at here, but I guess I am going to go with one of your guys. Mm. I'm going to take Josh Jacobs, who I don't think is. I was going to call him Oakland. I, <laughs> I don't think he's long for the Las Vegas Raiders, but I think that for one year that plays perfectly into it. Cause if they're not, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. They're probably not going to bring him back. So what should you do with him? Beat the fucking legs off him. So I, I think he gets a ton of work this year. Cause I think they're not interested in keeping him. and why not run him into the ground before you kick him out of town. So one of the few Bonafide known starters left, so give me that guy. Yeah, you know I'm a Josh Jacobs fan. I mean, let me just explain two things about what NFL teams should know. One, don't draft a running back in the first round. Two, never pick up a running back's fifth year option because if you don't do A, you can't do B. All right, so let's just let's just get smarter as franchises. The cost just far outweighs the benefit, you know. And then you definitely don't give them a second mega contract like Dallas did to Zeke. It's just it's just too much. Proof. There's too much data that these are poor decisions of how to allocate funds. So it doesn't surprise me they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So utilization will be there. I could see him returning because where's the market going to be? But there's a new, there's a whole new leadership in Las Vegas, right? So maybe they're just not, you know, they're not the ones who drafted Josh Jacobs. You know, they have no allegiance to him. So, oh, allegiance. Get it? Allegiant field. (laughs) Um, So good pick. I'm going to take a guy I like that pun way too much that I should have taken several picks ago. My guy, Brees Hall. Brees Hall immediately is the RB1 for the Jets. He's potentially the RB1 in his division. And he will be the rookie RB1. So, yes, you heard me right. He's probably going to be the top running back in the AFC East. So I'm not worried about Michael Carter. That dude was never meant to be the guy. He was just the value later. He was supposed to split the backfield with Tevin Coleman. Now, anyone who knows Tevin Coleman knew that was never going to happen because Tevin Coleman couldn't stay healthy. But I didn't see Michael Carter doing things world better than my guy Ty Johnson did last year. So I just yeah. he doesn't factor into the equation for me. They traded up to get Brees Hall. He's the final piece of the offense for them. 
and he's going to get all the work he can handle. This dude will easily exceed his RB21 draft slot that I just got him in this year. Yeah, he he's a name that I kept looking at, and I was like, I just don't I, – I, so many questions with that offense. If everything clicks, yeah. No questions. About that team on offense? All about answers, John. Jeez. First guy out of the uh, AFC East, last, last division to get somebody drafted out of. All right, I'm up. It's between, There's always got to be a first last. <clears throat> between two guys and uh, – Oh, uh, pivot! <laughs> pivot. What walks reaction reacting to my uh, trickery <laughs> on the Excel Hover. spreadsheet here? I'm going begrudgingly with Cordero Patterson, um, just because he's gonna get passing game work, even if Algier comes in and becomes a more prominent piece of the running game. They he was the entire offense last year. They didn't add so much where you think he's going to see his workload like cut in half. He is old, but we're just talking for one more year. I think he's going to be their starting running back when he's not their starting running back. He's going to get some work out of the slot and in the passing game. So at 22, I feel relatively okay with that pick. We, How impressive that Cordero Patterson, 31 years old, John is taking as an RB2. In our 2022 draft. I'm gonna be candid. That guy, he was not on my radar. Probably in the 30s. I get where you're at here. He's, we're, this is a PPR world. Crazier things have happened, and he's going to have a role on this team, even if it's not to the capacity he was as a running downs back last year. He's he's just ma- a, a matchup nightmare out of the backfield. So let's see what uh what's his name Mariota and eventually Desmond Ritter can do with him. All right, so you skipped over some names that surprised me to get to your boy, Cordero Patterson. And one who we both just don't like. We just flat out <laughs> don't like. But at a certain point, you just have to take the name <laughs> and the volume. Wait to see who this is. Ah. <laughs> and I'm going to go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dasveed Montgomery. All right. David Montgomery. I think. At least one running back, potentially two running backs on the Bears roster currently are better than David Montgomery. Uh, Khalil Herbert was better last year than him, and I think he's better than him. And I don't know anything about Tristan Ebner, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say he's better than David Montgomery, too. I, I could have taken him at 20. Because so the Bears shit could, shit could change, but this offense has precious few playmakers. So Correct. he may not get. 20 carries per game. He's going to have opportunity in the passing game too. In a lot of ugly game script with Justin Fields scrambling around. And I just think David Montgomery is going to volume his way into a top 20 season again. So I'll take the value at 23. Yeah. And, and I think the bears are going to have to go a lot heavier run than they want to. They, they, they did not Their, their line sucks. Their receivers suck. So what's the only thing left you could do to even remotely protect <laughs> Fields's career at this point, and it's use a, the running game a ton. But run, run, Rudolph. All right, so I'm up again. There's somebody I want to take, but I'm going to see if he makes it back to me. The next one, I'm going to go Clyde Edwards Hilaire at twenty-four. Um, <clears throat> yeah, kind of, kind of post-hype sleeper, right? I mean. The guy just gets so much hate because 
things got out of control when he was a first round pick that went to Kansas city and the expectation that came with that for fantasy and people way overreacted myself included. And he hasn't been terrible. He just hasn't lived up to those expectations. If anything says outperforming low end <laughs> running back too, it's going to be him. He's still on one of the better offenses in football. He, he may not ever be the guy we all hoped and dreamed he would be, but he's a pretty steady year in year out RB two. So anything after this 24th pick, he is, is I, I think a bit egregious. That guy's locked in RB two year in and year out for the remainder of his time in Kansas city. I mean, the signing of Ronald Jones only affirms the fact that Clyde Edwards Lair is the clear starting running back in Kansas City. Good point. So, yeah, I mean, just the epitome of just like, meh, you know, CH 4.4 yards per uh, attempt his two season, 7.7 yards per reception his two years. I mean, has 11 total touchdowns, quick math, 1,700 and change in total yards, just yeah, has this never got there with you? My concern with the issue with Alaire always has been he was he got like this label as being this like huge pass catching back, and he had decent volume in college because it's college, but it, it, just the per touch stuff didn't really impress me much. So I probably should have red flagged that early on, but I felt blinders, the Kansas City draft blinders yeah. as well, and had far too many Edwards Alaire. But to your point, we're two years removed from that now. And now he's going as the end of the RB2 class and still one of the better offenses in the NFL. So can't really begrudge you for taking him at that point. So we are now, you're talking about getting into uncharted territories and (laughs) delete this guy because he was already taken. He didn't cut off. Um, And it's, it's going to be some, some, my guy time. Uh, Before you get to it, let's wrap up this RB2 tier. So running back twos, 13 through 24, we went Alvin Kamara, Antonio Gibson, Barkley, Zeke, Cam Akers, Elijah Mitchell, James Conner, Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall, Cordell Patterson, David Montgomery, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So now we're getting into RB3s. Oh, and that was a that was a list that will only be rivaled by the next 12 that we (laughs) pick. And we may do another 12. So where we get here is said my guys. This was my guy last year in an unfortunate list, Frank. Wow. Wow. Curtailed what even in disaster in Duval probably would have been a productive season for him. Unfortunately, our guy James Robinson suffered and I believe it was an Achilles late in the season. Even with the rehab process, I can't really expect him to be clear for camp. And Etienne has already come out and said he could have came back late last season. But also, quote, if ever there was a time to miss a season, it was last year. So points to Mr. Etienne for, you know, stating the obvious. But in that <laughs> offense, with his boy Trevor Lawrence, precious little else in that running back room. You've used that argument on the quarter all Patterson two picks earlier. And Doug Peterson is going to bring some semblance of stability to that offense. I think at the end is going to be used a lot in the past short passing game as well as in the rushing game. So I love getting at the end as the top of the RB three class tier, whatever this is called back and forth between two guys here. I switched it already, but I'm going to switch back. I'm going to take uh, good. I'm going to take miles Sanders. He's the hate's going too far, at least in name. He's a starting running back. I, the thing that scares me, and I'm sure scares everybody, is having a mobile quarterback and, and a team 
dumped a ton of resources into wide receivers. So they're probably hoping to pass a little more. And then when they get in the red zone and they're near the end zone, unfortunately, he's probably going to get vultured quite a bit by his quarterback. So I, I get the fall. But yeah, we're, we're, we're in RB3s and I'm getting starting running back still with really no one there to threaten his job. Give me Miles Sanders. Yeah, let me tell the story of Miles Sanders real quick because he would have been my next <laughs> right? The and story of Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, yards per attempt have gone up year over year in the NFL. 4.6, 5.3, 5. 5.5. No, no issue with him as a running downs back. He's not going to ever be a volume guy. He hasn't seen 200 rush attempts in, in his NFL career. But started off six touchdowns, six touchdowns his first two years, rushing and receiving in 19 and 20. Scored zero touchdowns last year, which is where oh, the hate lies. He didn't score any? Zero. zero Get out of here. He, it, most unlucky player I have seen firsthand. As far as opportunity and lack of ability to score are concerned, but only played 12 games last year, had 137 touches. So quick math, 11 plus touches per game. We were talking about Nick Chubb earlier, as far as targets, he had 34 targets in 12 games. So just under three targets per game had 26 catches. So over two receptions per game, like he, the opportunity is going to be there for him. He's going to get 14 or 15 touches per game in what should be a pretty explosive offense. One of the best Offensive lines in the entire game. The offensive weapons are going to help. AJ Brown's going to be a better run blocker downfield. They're going to be able to stretch field with him and Devontae Smith. I I think this is the time to go get you a Miles Sanders, honestly. Yeah. People are done with him. I mean, he just seems like it, it, it's over for Miles Sanders. And I'm going to promise you he finishes as a top 20 running back this year. Thank you for selling me on my pick. Yeah, he would have been my next pick. So I figured I just wanted to get that out of the way. I almost took him above ATM, but I didn't think you were going to take Miles Sanders. So my game of chicken has bit me, I guess. Is that what you, what you say about packed. chickens? have been pecked. Chickens bite. Yeah, I've been pecked. All right. Um, I'm going to go back and take who I think is the second best question mark running back in the AFC East. And I'm going to go with – Really has no one in his way because I don't think James Cook is stealing much as as far as rushing downs are concerned. And (laughs) Devin Singletary wasn't catching passes last year. So why why would I be concerned that he's going to lose opportunity in the passing game? If they use him as the runner that they did late in the year last year, this is going to look like a steal. And curious to see how that offensive offense changes now that Dayball's gone. What's – Ken Dorsey going to do? Is he going to spread it out as much? You know, they haven't really focused on the wide receiver position. Um, just bringing in Crowder to replace uh, Cole Beasley and elevating our boy Gabe Davis into the Manny Sanders role. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm feeling there's value here in Devin Singletary. You need to get a little soundbite machine and play that Owen Wilson. Wow! Wow! Yeah, some of these picks they're fun to. It is fun to see. Uh, me. Up next, going up. 28th, uh, I'm going J.K. Dobbins. Chance he starts the season on Pup to begin, but uh, at this point we're swinging for upside, right? So running back on a team that likes to run, talent is through the roof, great fit for him scheme-wise coming out of college. O- only thing, The only things that ding him is everything I said with Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, He's got a very mobile quarterback that steals some of the – more quality rushes on the football field. So maybe won't ever see the, the touchdown numbers we'd like to see, but their, their wide receiver room is 
garbage. And uh, they're going to pepper the tight ends, get what they can to Bateman. And the, the, the other guys in that receiver room, Devin, Duvernay and um, Prochet, are there two and three. So there's a chance they go back to a lot of tight end heavy sets, which works out great for Dobbins. If I knew he was going to be ready and on the field week one, I would have entertained him around 22 but since there's still some mystery with that injury, he fell to 28 for me. But love the upside there, too. I mean, getting him as a running back three when he's got RB1 upside, yes, please. Yeah, his, if, it, if there weren't more, you know, cloudiness around his rehab and ability, you know, ability to be active at the beginning of the year, I think he – wasn't he a multiple ligament injury? It wasn't just the I'm not sure. I think he was not good. <laughs> Whatever it was. Ligaments, I mean, but uh, didn't see the field in 21, but he was super effective as a rookie in 20. And you know they want to be run first. So I'm I'm there with you. The upside alone could deem that a high value pick when, when we're all said and done. I love the player. I just have some concern that he might actually start the year on pop. The Mike Davis signing scares me a little bit. Disgusting. Gus is still there. And, and baby. Beatty, yeah, they're committing going to the running free, back. Yeah, going draft and free agency. Yeah, Mitch, they don't want to be in the position they were last year where they were unearthing <laughs> Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray. They, they don't want to do that again. And those guys still were productive. Those guys had yeah top 20 weeks in, in spurts last year. So just bring in a young, talented, you know, get a young, talented running back back on the field and get back to being run-based. I'm with you. Totally, totally on board with the pick. So, I'm going to now go with one of is one of your guys. I like him too. He's mm. definitely a your guy moment here. And it's Will yeah. Chase Evans. Priority signing by the Miami Dolphins under that new regime. Granted, it's only a glorified one year deal, just so everyone's aware. Go look at the go look at the money. There's nothing promise that Chase Evans is going to be the running back for the Dolphins in 2023. But he's the highest paid running back for the Dolphins in 2022. Right. So they have a plan. And even if it's just for this year, he's the lead dog in what should be a run-based attack. So all the way down to 29, I will gladly take Chase Edmonds uh, in the Mike McDaniel offense. I think there are only two starters left. So by default, I'm just going to go that route. Uh, Damian Harris, I hate Patriots running backs. I really don't like this. However, you know, we're talking opportunity He's had flashes. He's looked good. The Pats seem to like him. The only thing that dings him is he's part of the Patriots' backfield, and it's such a mix of mystery and wonder from week to week. So some weeks it's going to be a terrible pick. Other weeks it's going to look like a real smart pick. But at least I know he's a guy that has a a pretty steady job when the cumulative stats are added up at the end of the year. So give me – Damian Harris at 29. Okay. Hard to argue. This is also PSA last year, Damian Harris with the New England Patriots. When drafted two running backs in this class because they're moving on. They don't give running backs whose name isn't James White, second contract. So, or Bolden. You know, a lifetime for Bolden. I mean, even he's not there anymore. He no, followed yeah. uh, McDaniel. Raiders. To, uh, yeah, to the Raiders. Um. So I'm going to go with a guy that I think is not a handcuff, even though he's not a starter. You took our boy Aaron Jones at 12, right? I'm going with A.J. the Bull Dylan 
at 31. Now, I think this is going to surprise you. Okay. Last year, AJ Dillon saw 187 rush attempts, played all 17 games last year, 803 yards and five touchdowns. AJ Dillon also saw 34 receptions on 37 targets, gave you another 313 in through the air and two touchdown receptions. So 1,100 all-purpose yards and seven touchdowns last year for A.J. Dillon. Now, especially if they use Aaron Jones more as a pass catcher, more rundowns work is going down A.J. Dillon's throat. He's going to crest 200 rush attempts this year. And if he can stay in that 30 reception type range, he's going to threaten for, you know, top, easily top 30. I mean, at 31, he'll threaten top 24 and even top 20 if he gets the volume. It's similar when we talk about Aaron Jones. I mean, there's just the, – the cupboard is bare. The touches have to go to somebody. And Anyone like, that yeah. thinks these rookie wide receivers are just going to explode is off their fucking rocker. There, there's teams where I could see it with Aaron Rodgers is not it. They're literally yeah. one fucking blown route in camp away from being buried. And and the guys that he trusts are Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, who are like, yeah. P, like just – you know, chain movers, you know, underneath guys. You know, I, I know that Alan Lazard can get deep. Randall Cobb can't get deep anymore. So let's that what it is. And then it's Robert Tunyon. It's all just short stuff. I mean, this is going to be a paper cuts offense. Yeah, agreed. All right, pick 30. Give me Kareem Hunt. Uh, sh- shockingly, in his time in Cleveland, Every time uh, Chubb has gotten hurt, everyone goes, oh, boy, watch out for Kareem Hunt. And he has shit the bed. But he is a fantastic, you know, number two there. When he's not expected to do a ton, he's done great. I mean, gets all the gets all the passing game work that they regretfully don't give to Chubb. So he, he stays involved. He's been more than capable in the NFL level. I, I still like Hunt as a player. It's probably his last year. In Cleveland, also so similar to uh, whoever I talked about earlier, team beating the brakes off him. He, he's in a spot oh, where they could, <laughs> yes, he's in a spot where the team can use him more than they usually do, just because they know they're getting rid of him if they want to keep Chubb healthy. So uh, I, I I like Hunt a lot. He's probably gonna. Out, I, I think last year wasn't he like RB four through the first seven weeks or something crazy? He had a, a real hot start even with Chubb there. So give me give me that upside. He, he can be a weak winner at any point in the year. Yeah, Hunt would have been my next pick. I've heard rumblings that he is on the trade block because he costs a pretty penny and they exclusive rights Darius Johnson. Then they went and drafted Jerome Ford, Ford as well. So know where he ends up that his stock skyrockets but stuck behind chubb and relying on that pass down efficiency when there's no certainty with uh, deshaun watson isn't the ideal environment so be interested to see if they do move him but he would have been my next pick <laughs> at, at 33 as well so not not a not a far fall for him but the guy that i pre- again i'm just let me keep gobbling these guys up that i don't think are handcuffs all right tony pollard all right shit all over zeke when you reach for him at uh, whatever pick you reach for him at 18. And I just think Pollard's going to see the field far more than all the Zeke enthusiasts want to believe. They don't have all the explosive weapons that they had in the passing game. They, they lost Amari Cooper. They're going to see what happens with Michael Gallup. They lost Cedric Wilson. I mean, you're, you're going to have a CD lamb Dalton Schultz led passing attack early on. 
So you're probably going to see a lot from these running backs. And I could see Tony Pollard being deployed as kind of a slot receiver for them as well. Another one of these athletes out of Memphis, just per touch production uh, when it comes and explosion. I mean, his kid brings big plays to that Dallas offense. So I'll gladly take Tony Pollard. I think he has standalone value at 33 and he has league winning value. If something happens to Zeke Elliott. I do like some Tony Pollard. All right. 34. I'm up. It's a PPR world. Give me JD McKissick, who is selfishly vulturing all these targets and receptions from Antonio Gibson, uh, making our dreams of a top one or two or Three finish unrealized, making me sick to my stomach at night. But McKissick was a receiver in college, converted to running, coincidentally, just like uh, Antonio Gibson. So <laughs> he's he's a receiving back, and he does it pretty damn good. So give me the guy who's got a role and going to get a ton of receptions. All right. So I think we've had a little bit of a blind spot so far. And I'm going to try and correct that. And I'm going to play on Pete Carroll's vanities here mm. against my own better judgment. And I'm going to steal Kenneth Walker at 35. Whoa. Ahead of Rashad <laughs> Penny. Which I don't agree with. Um, but I know you're definitely not taking Rashad Penny. So there's there's a little bit there. They just they sunk unreasonable draft capital in him in a rebuild. And... Chris Carson, I don't believe, is ever playing football game again. And Rashad Penny hasn't been able to stay healthy. Kenneth Walker just looks like Thomas Rawls, and they loved him in Seattle. Oh, so did I. I can see a Thomas Rawls kind of blip. I don't think oh, Kenneth Walker's long term. Do you know how much that sentence just rocketed Walker up my boards? <laughs> listen, listen, look at them. Oh, They're the exact man. same person. I mean, no, they even I look the him. same Fuck. When, you, when you look at them in pads. So – Get get excited oh, about I don't like this at all. The rookie RB2 at 35, who will certainly exceed RB35 production. Oh, that made me sick. Speaking of making me sick, mm. as we close out the RB3 tier here. Oh boy, I guess I'm gonna have to go with oh, I don't even I I hate this, but I guess I'll do <laughs> it. I'm gonna take meh. Elvin Gordon. Uh, Did not see it coming. We talked about it when you took Javante Williams. Hackett likes multiple running backs. Gordon is old, but it's just one more year for our purposes here today. I, I think he's gets a little more work than anybody in the dynasty community is going to be comfortable with this year. And ew, Looking at these other names, I had to pick somebody, right? So Melvin Gordon to close out the RB3s. All right. You're going to run this list? Or just- yes. We'll go uh, <laughs> Travis Etienne, Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary, J.K. Dobbins, Chase Edmonds, Damian Harris, A.J. Dillon, Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard, J.D. McKissick, Kenneth Walker, Melvin Gordon. And I got to say, when on the clock, I felt disgusting each time, but as I ran through that list – those are very good RB3s. It's, you're not you're not getting any goose eggs every week out of this group. That's not terrible. No, I and with the distinct lack of bell cows anymore, I don't think a zero RB approach. And I, I don't def, I don't prepare any de, you know prefer any definitive strategy. But looking at some of these names, I get two or three of these guys with some bona fide stud receivers. 
I'm, I'm okay with that. If I have to start two guys out of, if I have to start, you know, Travis Etienne and, and Miles Sanders every week when, when I have Jamar Chase and another alpha receiver and maybe yeah. a good, I'm, I'm yeah, okay. Sure. I'm, I know I'm competing. And if these guys get the catches that I expect them to get, I'm probably happy. So moving down, like a burning rim of fire is round Moundre Stevenson. Was not a fan coming out. Still don't like the situation. I mean, you just took Damian Harris at 29. That was the Patriots RB1 when it is a running back three. It's just ugly. They drafted two more this year. James White is rehabbing from that hip injury. If he's active, he's just going to eat all that passing production. And Ramondre Stevens and Damian Harris are going to just cannibalize each other week to week, or it's going to require injury. But at RB37, he had glimpses last year of looking like an RB2 for fantasy football purposes. So I will take the the value in Mr. Ramondre Stevenson at that point in time, at this point in time. Peel, peel back the curtain here a little bit as they make pick number 38. So I, I made a list of all the starters and oh, no, no, no script. huh? We're going off script. Well, I'm getting there. That's huh? the point. So we got, you know, teams that have two known starters, a couple that have three guys that are in the mix. And then I have a list that I called the maybes with guys that don't really have a role, but maybe if we want to throw somebody in there and I've already begun to scroll through that list too, because I don't want to pick any of these other bums. Uh, I am going to take a guy whose guts you hate, but give me the Lions' Jamal Williams. Um, as much as you don't like him, and that's fair, the the Lions like him, and he does get involved. So give me a guy who is going to get some work, even though he is clearly not as talented as the guy ahead of him. I, I think the Lions like him and like to get him involved. Jamal the slug. <laughs> and the, the the problem is it just everywhere he's gone, he's been the far inferior back, but he just seems like he's such a likable human being that he just ingratiates himself to these coaches, apparently. And he's I mean, good enough. Like he's not eh. look, I think eh. he's better than a lot of the guys we have <laughs> listed here that are undrafted thus far. Eh. Craig Reynolds ran circles around this guy last year as the backup. Valid point. Touche. So <laughs> you won this round. All right. You didn't, you didn't take my guy. That's for sure. So let's uh, keep moving on. And in the event that I'm wrong about Kenneth Walker, I'll take my guy for Chad Penny who double already picked up a hamstring injury in uh, OTAs. Guys, which stinks. it's just amazing that he just can't, if, if he could put a full healthy season together, he has RB one upside. And would say what they want about that statement. I believed in him coming out. He did not take care of him. He, he looks a lot bigger than he even is. I mean, if someone carries 220 pounds around a lot worse than like a AJ Dillon carries around 250 pounds. I just, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, maybe the, the game's not as important to, to Mr. Petty as, as some others if they're getting that first round capital. But re-signed him to a one-year deal, knows the offense. You know, Kenneth Walker is the future there. This is Rashad Penny's last chance in Seattle. Assuming health, I would expect him to out-carry Kenneth Walker this year. Uh, can, can, you know, when I when I drafted Chubb earlier, I mentioned how much more valuable he'd be on, like, a team that would use the shit out of him and use him properly. And I am always reminded that the stupid Seahawks took Penny, like, six picks ahead of Nick Chubb. <laughs> and and Chubb, would be. 
Oh, Chubb in Seattle is arguably RB1 year in and year out for, you know, quite some time. Him and Taylor and Henry McCaffrey. He's definitely in the top four if that happens. But oh, a young man can dream. All right, number 40. Give me Alexander Madison, who has filled in admirably when asked to do so due to Dalvin Cook's year in and year out lingering injuries. Um doesn't get as much work as I would like when Cook is healthy, but that's why he's number 40. Put a, put a bell on that. Yeah, I think the last year of Madison in Minnesota is just corresponding with kind of like the peak of Dalvin Cook. So, yeah, pure handcuff at this point in time, but still young enough. I think there might be a sliver of hope for Alexander Madison and Dynasty, yeah. but he's, the stars will still need to align. Someone will need to see it. I'll need to pri- it'll have to be like a uh, Chase Edmonds season on steroids, right? Like Chase Edmonds actually had, you know, glimpses as like a starter or co-starting running back. Like people just need to believe that Alexander Madison can do it over a season, even though he's only ever stepped in when Cook has gone down. But yeah, Madison, where is he at? Where's that name at? How old are you? I know you're young. Right. Yeah. There's no way you're this far down. <laughs> he's hiding. There he is. 23 years old. Fourth year in the NFL. Likely turned like 23. Yeah. Get out. I would have guessed yeah. 26. Like everybody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Still young without a ton <laughs> of work thus far in his NFL career. As somehow has 330 rush attempts for his career, which is more than I would have put pegged him for. Another 55 receptions. Just I mean, he's when given the opportunity, he has produced um in this Vikings offense. So stash a trade from in Dynasty, only a handcuff. So far in redraft. All right. At this point, it's just a throw dart with blindfold on. Hope dart hits appropriate spot on the board. Damian Pierce projected starting running back for the Houston Texans. And our third rookie was I've taken them all. So just count my side. Yeah. You you hate rookies. Um, I don't think it matters who's a starter in Houston personally. Marlon Mack should make the team. Rex Burkhead is going to make the team. I know they'll want to run, but are they going to be able to run? I don't like the Houston offense still. Obviously, as much as I like Davis Mills, there's still some concern here. And Damian Pierce, I said Price, and that's what you wrote. Damian Pierce has (laughs) never been a bell cow. I mean, I'm not going to go back to high school and see see what he did against 14-year-olds, but not at Florida. You know, so he he has – Yes, this is upside at this point in time. I'm not going to tell you I guarantee you that Damian Pierce is going to be better than RB41. Oh, well, 42. I am going to actually Woo. go ahead and take somebody off the not-in-play side. Give me Matt Breda, who I've liked. I liked him coming out of college. I liked him with the Niners. I liked him everywhere he's been. He lands with the Giants. People are on the fence if Barkley is washed or not. We saw a year ago, we, we talked about it throughout the season and quite a bit this offseason, the backups in the Giants' offense last year looked better than Barkley. Now, whether he was just slow to get back from that injury or that offense just completely sucked with what they had in place there a year ago, it's all certainly possible. But um, there is a world where Breda gets more work than we expect, and He's been good in flashes. If he's not 
tasked with being the guy and is the the number two, he can do a decent amount of damage on limited work, and he's he's done it before in his career. So kind of for a guy that I had off the board initially, I, I like him more than a lot of guys we have on the board. My favorite is that he, like, flashed with the Bills for one week, and then they said, like, all nice things about him, and then he totally disappeared. Like, just vanished from the offense, and it became 100% Devin Singletary. So just, I don't know. He's had opportunities. He had an opportunity in Miami. Couldn't do shit with it. Lost out to Jordan Howard, I believe. Had an opportunity in Buffalo. Couldn't do shit with it. Lost out to Devin Singletary. Now he's has an opportunity to be the backup to Saquon. I don't know. That was not the name I expected you to go off the board for, but alas, here we are, and I know you like them. So I'm just going to continue to gobble up rookies here. Okay, so oh. James Cook, talking about that ball, the ball, ugh, the Buffalo offense kind of morphing into something different, and I don't think James Cook's again they're going to necessarily do it as a runner, but he could catch 50 or 60 passes uh, as a rookie, and it sounds like that's how. Brandon Bean envisions him being deployed. And if he does that, I mean, he has James White type upside as a guy that's not going to get more than like four or five carries in any given week, but could get you four or five receptions too. And down here at RB43, just give me all the rookies. I think another guy that should exceed expectations. All right, let's let's get gross here. Running back 44. I'm going to go Marlon Mack. Is he healthy? Has anyone come back from the Achilles injury? Uh, both unknown at this time. But, you know, you took uh, Damian Pierce, two picks ahead of this guy. Um, and I can't fault you for that. I like him more anyway. But Mack will probably be the day one starter and probably keeps a role on that team throughout the year, just being the, the veteran guy, unless his, you know, uh, Achilles is not ever back to normal and then he fades into obscurity, but got a running back that is uh, maybe an official starter getting him at 44 on a team that will suck and will not probably run the ball very much. And this is where he belongs. I am super interested to see what Marlon Mack is, right? The Achilles isn't a death sentence anymore. We're starting to see. It was took two years, but Dante Foreman came back. We saw Cam Akers come back. Now it's Marlon Mack. They barely let him on the field last year yeah. in, in Indy. And he's still, I mean, 26 years old, was productive for two years. In 2018 and 2019, I mean, 908 yards rushing and nine touchdowns. The following season, 1,091 and eight touchdowns. He's I mean, been good, yeah. 2,000 yards and 17 touchdowns across two seasons in Indy. Good enough pass catching. Has you know a 20 reception season on his resume. I mean, he's got 57 career receptions, 7.9 yards per reception. Like, not a zero in the passing game. I was kind of cautiously optimistic when they signed him. And not that Damian Pierce was any significant capital. And you know they're going to bring someone – Else in because in one of the oldest running back rooms in the world uh, at one point last year. So I'm just rooting for Marlon Mack. I I want, I want him to succeed. All right. So we're talking off the board and you asked if I had anyone that I thought, well, you said no. And I said, no, Uh, time to go off the board. I'm just, this trade is just chugging along. I mean, we just, there's too much coal in in the engine at this point. (laughs) Rookie number, whatever. Isaiah Spiller. I'm a big Isaiah Spiller fan. I'm a huge fan 
of the landing spot. He lasted longer than he probably should have in the NFL draft, but I get it. Testing concerns. I heard there was some, uh, you know, interview concerns with him as well, but just productive in the SEC from his freshman year. Mentioned Austin Eckler when you drafted him, wanting someone to help alleviate the burden week in and week out. And I think Isaiah Spiller is actually that type of back to finally help him. Big bodied back that also is a pretty slick pass catcher. Doesn't move fast, but moves well. Just has good feet. I, I like Isaiah Spiller. I think he can I think he can be a top forty rookie running back in what could be one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. Yeah, hearing your actually not being aware of it that you just mentioned earlier, hearing that story about Austin Eckler, if that's true, then yeah, Spiller should probably be well inside that RB three range. Because he's the only guy he's the only guy there that's gonna be able to spell Eckler and be good from what we've seen from these other guys so far. All right, on to me at forty six. I am also going off the board. You know, we mentioned when we when you took David Montgomery earlier. The team's going to have to run the ball to save Justin Fields' uh, season and career. So give me Khalil Herbert, who looked really good when he got a chance a year ago. Uh, I know you were on him early last year, and I, I was able to get him thanks to you in a few spots. And he, he did great to, to close out the year those weeks that Montgomery was banged up. So even if Montgomery doesn't get banged up, I, I think the Bears' offense has to go through the running backs. So give me Khalil Herbert. Great pick. He was going to be 47 for me just because I wanted to talk about Khalil Herbert before this episode was done. I already <laughs> took a shot at my own draft pick at 23 with Dave Montgomery saying I, I believe that Khalil Herbert's just a superior running back to him. He proved it. I agree. Last year. And I just had him earmarked. I thought there might have been a world where uh, I could just button up this draft with that guy. But alas, I cannot do that. So I'm just going to. I'm just going to continue down this path knowing that several of these guys are actually going to play out. Rashad White, my last pick, Mm. running back 47. Already stated the case with Leonard Fournette. Now I think Rashad White's going to be involved. Uh, Chris Godwin's likely going to start on the pup. This team isn't what it was uh, even a year ago. They finally got rid of Ronald Jones. They don't trust Keyshawn Vaughn. Rashad White, I mean, is going to be bad on with endgame Gio Bernard for the opportunity to assist in the change of pace and pass catching role. Um, for those Buccaneers who even knows if Gronk's going to play. I mean, I do, he's going to sign, but he's not there yet. So this is totally different offense. Now it's run by Todd Bowles, even though it's still left, which calling the shots, ultimately Tom Brady, but you know that uh, Bowles is going to be one of more run centric and conservative offense. I think there's an opportunity for right to have standalone value and God forbid if Leonard Fournette gets hurt this year, rocket ship. All right, so to close this out with our last guy, I haven't taken a rookie yet, so let me dip my toe in that water. Get Tyler it, Tyler. Come on in. Algier, who, you know, Cordell Patterson <clears throat> came out of nowhere last year. First year, full-time playing running back. It is, you know, what is he, 32 now? So who knew what he was going to actually do, and he did well. They brought in Damian Williams, who's, 31. So they got two guys that are in their 30s. Quadre Olson is still there. They got Jeremy McNichols lingering on the team. Algiers, the RB3, and he's actually, if you, if you don't count Damian Williams, who, what, did he set up two years with the COVID stuff? I think he may have missed two seasons, if I'm not uh, mistaken. He, he barely played. He was in 
He was he in opted out the first year. Yeah. He opted out, but yeah, the, he's the best actual running back who's got any youth to him on that team right now. So, eh, could do worse with the last pick. So this fourth round went uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Jamal Williams, Rashad Penny, Alexander Madison, Damian Pierce, Matt Breida, James Cook, Marlon Mack, Isaiah Spiller, Khalil Herbert, Rashad White, Tyler Algier. Quite a few guys with uh, upside if things break their way, but there is a huge tear break, I noticed, between round three and round four. Yeah, I mean, I went changing the guards, clearly. My picks were Kenneth Walker, Ramondre Stevenson, True. Rashad Penny, Damian Pierce, James Cook, Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White. I mean, I, I literally just went running backs and big backs in murky backfields. So I went pure upside. You went a little bit of handcuff opportunity and some uncertainty. I mean, honorable mention, James Robinson, torn Achilles. In. Well, that was my next question. So of the guys we yeah. didn't draft, who who do you think maybe should have snuck in there or, or- – Anybody you looked at a couple times and just didn't end up picking him? No one I really looked at because some players I'm just not just that big of a fan of. But Michael Carter should have got drafted in the top 48. I mean, he's still going to have a role in that Jets offense. He's you know going to assist as the pass catcher. I already met James Robinson. If it wasn't a December torn Achilles, I mean, if it was anything less severe, yeah, he's going in the top 30, even with Etienne coming back. I mean, the dude's just been hyper productive. And then the last one is Dante Foreman, who I just, I think looked really good with the Titans last year. And if they alleviate any of the burden to Christian McCaffrey, it's going to be to the betterment of Dante Foreman. So those are three guys. I mean, Edward, I think again, Carter should have been drafted by one of us. Robinson would have been drafted if not for injury. And I think one of the top handcuffs that wasn't spoken for is Dante Foreman. Yeah. The only, the only name I like is Gus Edwards, who again, similar to Dobbins, who he's backing up, may, may start on Pup. There's just so much mystery with that injury, and then he's not only does he have the same amount of mystery, but he's the, the backup. So, And he's surprisingly old. I don't remember who we were talking about earlier. It was surprisingly young, Madison. But Gus Edwards is surprisingly pretty old, actually. I think he's like 28 already. He says 27 on Fantasy Pros, so he might just not have his birthday yet. But, yeah, he's, he's NFL old. I think he's a little Gun. late to the league. Yeah, because what was he a free agent this year, right? Then they just signed him to a one year thing because yeah. I had been hoping he was going to land somewhere. But yeah, now it's done. <laughs> I tried yeah. to get him all over the place. I'm glad I didn't because, yeah, it's a, it's a wrap. He is yeah. J.K. Dobbins' backup, period. Yeah, and he's Gus Edwards only came into the league in 2018, too. So he's four years in. So I'm 23 years old when he entered the NFL. So, I mean, 2.9 super old. I think Najee Harris was damn close to that when he entered, but never been the guy, right? Yeah. So. Still coming Not to the end, he's good. he's probably another one year deal, and then maybe another one year deal if he rehabs well. But yeah, I mean Gus Edwards has a ton of upside. He's been super productive in this Ravens rush attack. So that that wraps it up. Hopefully we uh, not not too long this week with four times as many guys almost. It seems like it um, compared to quarterbacks. But nice little exercise there. I, I learned from doing this kind of where the tear break is for sure for me. So if you like you mentioned playing zero RB, you might miss on this top tier guy, but I'd be super happy getting three or four of these guys from the RB two to RB three range. Like you said, if I could pound wide receiver early in that draft too and kick the can down the road on quarterback, there are plenty of guys that I like that we have as running back threes. So I I, I actually came out of this learning something. I hope people listening did too.
Very much the same. Yeah, it was an interesting thought experiment. Um, so, you know, we're going to proceed. I'm assuming we'll go wide receiver next on this one. Is this yes. the progression of listening? We'll end on tight ends, which you'll want to listen to because we're never wrong about tight ends. So that might be the most yeah. valuable of all of these. Pretty deep. Saving the best for last, as most people would not say with the tight end position. But, yeah. you know, it was interesting going through and kind of seeing. I mean, the top is the top. I mean, there's not going to be a lot of variance. You might have them in different orders, but – it shouldn't shock anyone to see even who we have probably through 15, even 16, where, where Zeke went. I mean, it, yeah. as far as what we expect for 2020 is concerned. And then it, it got a little murky, probably as early as 17, but definitely through like 36. There's a lot of names there. Things shake right. I mean, they could be all be buying as top 20 running backs. Yeah. So join us next week and see where this uh, wide receiver fiasco shakes out. But that should do it for us. For myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. Our friends that expand the box score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Outstanding. <laughs> I see you gave me pick one again. <clears throat> Far too kind. I think it'll be pick one every time because I'm not. I just won't change it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the uh, so that group of maybes. Was there anybody in there you think is going to crack forty eight? <clears throat> I mean, they may. They're floating out there when we get. You know. Yeah, I mean it. It it would be like in the moment, right? Like if I just hate the list that's over there, but. No one is like, uh, you're you're just wrong here. Yeah, and that's kind of <laughs> these are the fringe guys. Yeah, so it's, it's some of these rookies will be easily top thirty six guys by the time. Like, like Pierre Strong definitely. was actually what made me do the maybe list entirely. I'm like, because the uh, the Patriots. Uh, I just I like Kevin, them. I like Kevin Harris more than I like Pierre Strong, personally. But I feel like that's a year from now when Damian Harris is gone. Yeah. But you still have a Ramondre Stevenson problem. Yeah. And Eno Benjamin just got pipped by Darrell Williams. So that's never going to happen. Did he just sign there? I I saw him on the depth chart, and I didn't know that that had happened. Yeah. I thought Williams was actually still on the Chiefs until 3 a.m. this morning. He is uh, handcuffed to, uh, I don't know, is he Mr. Injury good? Connor. Is he good? Who? Dow Williams? Yeah. Been good whenever he's got the chance. Man, I know it's the In Kansas City. Kansas City. Op- Listen, Arizona offense isn't <clears throat> junk. The running backs have been productive. And they have less pass catchers. No, no uh, Christian Kirk, no DeAndre Hopkins through six weeks. Do you think people in general are less professional than they used to be, or do you think sometimes you bring it out in people? Just so like, about, you, you did say in general, so you're just talking about out in the world? Well, like I went to I had PT today, and yeah. like I don't give a shit what people act like because I'm an asshole myself. So, but like, my, yeah, got it. <laughs> but like my, my PT guy, like I'm always surprised when I hear people say 
things that you wouldn't think they would say. But like my PT guy, we did a little my fucking eval where they can you carry groceries? How do you feel about this? What is your pain level now compared to 10 weeks ago or whatever? And then uh, we do all that. And then he's like, so how's it feeling? What do you want to do today? I'm like, it's up to you. Whatever you want to do. And he's like, I'm going to scrape this shit out of it. Then I'm going to stretch this shit out of it. But I wonder if I'm just a goof and like, <laughs> he's playing off of your, he's playing your lead. Yes. Your lead. Yeah. Or I mean, there's, I think there's some of that. I think people's natural, <clears throat> disposition is just to kind of acclimate especially in those type of environments and once they get a good feel for you i think they let their guard down a little bit and I don't yeah because I, I don't, I don't think it's him, intentional right i don't see him doing that with you know a 90 year old woman that shattered her hip coming in for pt right or maybe he does but that's my that's my question because i don't know what other people are treated like yeah, yeah he's, throwing, he's, he's, he's throwing her some happy gilmore lines yes. whatever that was hey old man exactly. i'll bust your hip <laughs> Yeah, so I can't tell. I don't know what other people deal with. Cause I've, yeah, I've had other people too. Where, well, listen, I being in the customer service industry, and to a degree, you know, we're in the service industry. I, I can tell you that the 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 compassion and uh, professionalism in certain environments is is eroded entirely. Like people just don't care anymore. Like there's no there's no respecting your craft there's no <laughs> clear concern yeah i mean this guy i mean i mean not again he's worked with me in the past I, i'm sure there's just no fear of like i'm gonna pen a letter to your supervisor no <laughs> like, there's never no, there's no fear of repercussion <laughs> yeah. there's, there's which again there. for me it's fine but i always i always think it's just odd like what makes what makes you think that even even if I did come in there and I'm like stretch this shit out of this fucking thing, <laughs> what what makes you think as the person I'm paying <laughs> that I'm okay with you saying that? Yeah, just very. I I would say previous conversations with you would probably make me but, think. That yeah, he thinks it's totally fine. Which is, he's correct, but did yeah, he in just, fact? Stretched the shit out of it. Uh, yeah, he did some fucking weird shit. I mean, was the shit literally stretched out of it? I mean, or did I you feel like you kind of held back a little bit? Put my camera back on here. If you could, you got some bruising in there. I don't know if you could see it. I can, and I see a straight arm. Isn't that isn't that a problem? And above your head too. <laughs> Aren't these all problems? <laughs> Oh, everything's a problem now, but yeah. So yeah, I guess right. I, I've got some broken capillaries in there, so I guess it's, yes. It's bruising to prove it. Yeah, getting that blood flow. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so I'll just do a quick intro, and then uh, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Yeah, try and keep this as clean as humanly possible so I can... Yeah, especially in the beginning, I don't think... I mean, you know, the top handful of guys, I don't think there's going to be a ton to really talk about. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Let's ride. Yeah, if there's some surprises, talk about that, and then at the end, it'll be funny just humming and hawing over these. (laughs) I'd, I'd rather spend more time on you fucking 37 through 48. Yeah, I listen, I think that's where... It Fun matters is. more too, right? Yeah, true. I don't give a shit how our top ten are ranked. They're probably 
So everyone's roughly top 10. Yeah. All right. Ready?